had like his green Fred Perry on, the glasses. So like, I remember noticing that and just being like, you're hot. We were sitting on the top deck next to each other and you're sort of sitting there going, I'm not sure what to do here. Do you do the cheesy arm over the shoulder? He actually said, please don't tell anyone this, ever. Welcome to Equal Parts, a series of true love stories told by the couples themselves. This week, a naughty's retelling of the classic waitress in a cocktail bar scenario and a modtastic customer who keeps coming back again and again and again. Just a heads up, this episode contains one mild swear towards the end. My name is Becky Hodges and my husband is Jay Hodges. I'm Jay and I... I'm now married to Becky for coming up to two years this year. So in all, it was about nearly 10 years together. He is honestly the kindest, most generous, thoughtful person ever. He's not very um, vocal with it. So I'm, I tell him I love him about a thousand times a day and expect the same as well. For him, he shows me he loves me through like acts of service. So he will always make me a cup of tea he, you know, looks after me so well and that's how he tells me he loves me. He's cool. He's still, to this day, way too cool for me. I've probably gone from being this sort of shy, fairly removed sort of kid, uh, head down in my sort of work, very male-orientated sort of vibe, like I'm a man type of thing, to being a lot more softer, a lot more, I hope for accommodating, mouldable, I suppose, into to more of a, a person that someone would want to be with. That's probably thanks to Becky in that sense. He was a lot more quiet then compared to now. I think he's had no choice but to, if ever he wants to say anything now, he just has to jump in because otherwise he won't get a chance. Uh, but I like to think I've influenced her in my own way. He's made me such a better person. I was a real cow. <laughs> so... I worked in a pub. Called the Camden, and um, not in Camden. And my friends used to frequent it quite a lot. A really old man's pub, not a cool pub at all. And my friend was a landlord, which is how I got the job there, because I'm a terrible barmaid. <laughs> um, so I was working in a pub, I think it was just a regular evening or whatever. And this guy walked in, and he was modtastic. I actually remember the exact thing that he was wearing the first time I ever saw him. He had this really lovely white shirt on, a pencil-thin blue Fred Perry tie with a Fred Perry pin in it as well. Really tight suit trousers, way too tight. Um, Quite pointy shoes, and he had this, like, mod bowl haircut, thick black glasses, um... And yet he just like walked into the bar and was so out of place. It was hilarious. And um, walked towards me to be served. And my friend who was a landlord said to me randomly out of nowhere, oh, you're going to marry that guy? And then walked off and then like left me kind of startled to serve this guy. And so we didn't have any conversation at all. I just served him. That was it. And then he kind of kept coming in. So he only ever really came in with two friends who are now really, really good friends of mine. But um, he would come in with Mike after badminton, which is not the sexiest of looks when you're really trying to, like, pick up a chick, you know. Hey, where have you been? At badminton with my friend Mike. <laughs> he literally he sounded like a 65-year-old. Um, and not the most athletic either. 
Uh, and then his other friend, Darren, who he would go out with, had a long-term girlfriend, Louise, who's also a really great friend of mine now. But it was just the three of them because the pub was situated um, just across the road from a train station. So everyone would go there before they were going on their big night out. So I'd kind of see them all come in and have loads of fun and then not quite be able to work out what the dynamic was. Um, so I, yeah, I didn't really know them very well. But yeah, I think they were all sort of starting to take the piss out of him, kind of keep coming to the pub that you wanted to see the barmaid at. I think they worked it out after a while, because I often spent most of the time at the bar talking to her and leaving him in the corner. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they were be pleased that they did allow me to do that. And every time he came in, I would notice him and kind of be desperate to talk to him, but not really know what to talk to him about. And we, that kind of went on for a little bit. And uh, it turned out that there's one evening we were both, I don't know, hanging out in the bar. And I remember he had like his green Fred Perry on again with the bowl haircut and the glasses. And actually, I think that was the first time that I saw that he had um, a tattoo because his arm was out. So like, I remember noticing that and just being like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're hot. And he had very tight trousers on back then, which was really helpful because he's got an amazing ass. And then it comes to a point, I think, where we was in there one day and either she'd finished the shift or she was with her friend Nancy from memory. And me and my friend were sitting down and they had one of these like, digital jukebox things where you would just mess around with the songs. And I think, weird enough, we both went up at the same time and, and was going to choose the same song. We ended up putting the same song on the jukebox. They had this big um, electronic jukebox, you know, that they've got in most pubs. And we both selected a song. Called, I think, My Generator. I think it was about your dress. By the Holloways. By the Maccabees, I think. You might have to fact check that. I've listened to it for a long time, but... Yeah, and it just happened to be that was uh, probably the first sort of initial face-to-face introduction that we had. And um, we both realised that we had both put it on and had a bit of conversation. It was all like, oh, oh my God, the only other kind of cool person here. We spoke with my friends and her friends for a few hours and then we parted ways. Uh, And then that's, uh, to be honest, I sort of forgot about her in a way for a bit. Uh, too. Um, and it happened to be that we was in one of these cheesy clubs that we used to go to when you were younger that it's been a long time again since I've been somewhere like that we then ended up in a club in the venue in New Cross very classy on the indie floor because it was 2007 the upper floor was like the alternative indie floors so we would always be up there we just kind of bumped into each other and it was so serendipitous because I had no intention of being there I wasn't with, you know, my regular group of friends. I don't really think he was, or if he was, then he wasn't with them. And uh, he just kind of said, you're the girl from the pub. And I was like, you're the guy from the pub. And it seemed like the night flew by because we ended up just being at the bar talking for hours. Uh, I think I alienated her friends that she was with for the night because I took all her time up (laughs) away from them. And it was pretty much... As which is quite impressive for me, being the shy person I was at the time, sort of went in for the kit at the end of the night, got in there for a, I'm in. Uh, and being the desperate person I maybe was at the time, I thought straight away, when you're available for a date. We swapped numbers and literally had our first date the next day. So I even texted her and said, are you around the next day to go for a, a, a drink? 
which it actually ended up being the case. I remember everything. It's ridiculous because Jay probably remembers nothing. But he texted me and I was in my parents' house. I was painting garden furniture, which is very rock and roll. Trying to get over my hangover, probably. And he texted and it was in Blackheath and it was that night. And I remember I wore like a red dress and it was in the railway pub in Blackheath. And he... Uh, there's no signal there because it's a complete dead spot. So I was like, how am I going to find him? But of course, like, he was just there straight from work, like looking really smart and dapper because in those days he was really, um, I was about to say, into looking good, but that's so not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, he just had a very different look. He's a bit more casual now. But um, yeah, suited up and all the rest of it. And the standout thing that I remember is that he was drinking Fruly, which is a strawberry beer, which like the Jay that I know now, who's like craft beer, you know, fanatic, makes his own beer and all the rest of it. For him to be drinking strawberry beer, he would, I think he'd rather die than do that now. Um, so yeah, I like to remind him of that. Uh, I remember I got there first, had a drink. A few of took the mick out of me because I think I was drinking that Fruly, like fruit beer at the time. Um, but yeah, she was late. I think she I always remember her saying her dad dropped her off. So I tried to think what she was telling her dad or where she was going or who she was seeing. It was a Monday night, which is really weird. People say that. It's really weird. But um, it's quite nice to me because I, I worked in London. So I was coming home. So I was being a bit selfish in asking her because I knew she was a student. Um, but yeah, it was a really nice night where you just know sometimes when conversations flow so easily and you're not umming and ahhing about what to say. It's just naturally, you talk relevant stuff, it could be pointless stuff, it could be anything, but it seems to be that no silent sort of stages, which is which is a big thing, I think, in couples, is that you don't have that lull, you don't have that sort of boredom or struggle to sort of create a conversation. And that's a big thing, yeah. We just sat and chatted, and there was, probably because I like to talk, and Jay's a good listener. But there were no dead points, and not at one point did I ever think, like, oh, I hope I see this guy again. I kind of thought, I know I will. Took her home, being a gentleman, uh, the person I like to think I am. I always remember, because we got the bus back, being the tight of days. I was still only training at the time in my job, so uh, I remember we got the night bus back, and then I walked her back to her house. And it was that weird moment when we were sitting on the top deck next to each other and you're sort of sitting there going, I'm not sure what to do here. Do I make a move in them cheesy sort of uh, young schoolboy sort of feelings? You're like, do you do the cheesy arm over the shoulder? What do you do? And we just kept talking really and it sort of, the bus ride flew along. I, I bottled it in terms of doing anything. I thought, well, it's the first day, I don't know her that well. Even though we had already kissed in theory, but we were both drunk in fairness. But uh, just wasn't quite sure how to make that next step. And that was always my problem growing up. You can ask my friends that. And it was just, again, walking her to the door and then that awkward, great night, goodbye type of thing. And do you go for the gift? No, no, you just <laughs> say goodbye and, and weirdly walk off on your own. <laughs> so... Uh, um, but yeah, you quickly get the message to each other as you walk off saying like, great night, let's do it again type of thing. And then that was the case. Um, and just got really positive vibes from the first thing. And then it was just that gradual process of talking to each other, texting to each other, trying to meet up as much as possible. And I think we actually see quite a lot of each other in the first few weeks, which is quite common, I suppose. But it was always... Uh, 
my feet at times again referring back to this shyness it was always the next step up because I plucked the courage to try and go in for a kiss sober because I've not not got the sort of uh, the confidence of the beer in me so uh, it took me a few weeks to get to that point and I always remember I think I left her house one night and I was dropping her off and she said that you are allowed to kiss me you know and that was the first point which we sort of went solid <laughs> might as well go for it and that was uh, the point from that point onwards there was plenty of kissing involved enough said on that point <laughs> we dated like a lot and actually Jay was probably the first guy that I went out on proper dates with um, you know and Jay's got a real like I don't know what the term is champagne thinker beer drinker kind of taste so he um, really sort of wined and dined me which is really lovely you probably racked up loads of credit card bills. <laughs> May 17th is the day that Jay officially asked me out. It was very sweet. He um, played me a Ramones track called uh, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend. And I honestly, I think I just died a little bit when he did that. It was the cheesiest thing. He actually said, please don't tell anyone this ever. So I've really, really broken that promise. <laughs> um, but it was honestly the sweetest thing. Yeah, it was just, it was gorgeous. So yeah, you can't really say no after that. You should ask Becky about the first time she met my parents. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so embarrassed by this even now because they will not let it lie. <laughs> um, so the first time I met Jay's parents, I was staying, so we'd been going out for quite a bit, and, um, oh God, it's so embarrassing. I was working at the pub still, so it was after a late shift, so I must have finished at like midnight or whatever, and we went back to Jay's parents' house, because aforementioned 21-year-olds, and he was turning off the lights and getting some water or whatever it is, and said, just go up to the top of the stairs and turn left. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, creeping around the house in pitch black and went upstairs and kind of just, like, crept into this room. And you know when, like, it's really dark and you turn the lights on before you actually walk into the room? Well, I did that only to be greeted by his two parents bolt upright in bed because I had walked in on them in bed and was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And, like backed out of the room and closed the door as quickly as humanly possible and then was like oh my god and had to reopen the door and walk in and go I'm really sorry again I'll just turn off the light <laughs> and then exit the room and was just dying I just wanted to leave I was like oh my god I'm so sorry so end up like staying the night and wake up in the morning and his mum and dad was so so gracious and lovely and cooked me breakfast and really welcomed me and were great um, and then they went out shopping or did whatever they were doing. And Jay and I had plans for the day. Um, but his parents have this beautiful roll-top bath. So, of course, like, having the shower and getting ready for whatever we were doing for that day. And we left and, I don't know, we were out and about. And Jay got a call from his dad. Being like, um, did you guys have showers? And Jay was like, yeah, of course, we had showers. Like, get ready in the morning. And his dad was just like, um, I don't know what's happened, but I think Becky might have flooded the living room. And I was like, oh my God. So it transpires, because I'm quite, 
I talk with my hands anyway, but I'm not really used to showering in a roll top bath. Like you have to sit down in it and shower. It's really awkward. And there's no shower curtain or anything. So in the process of me showering, I had managed to get water absolutely everywhere in their bathroom and not even notice it because it was down by the sides of like the corner and the bath and all of that sort of thing. And Jay's mum and dad had got home and noticed that <laughs> on their kitchen floor there was a puddle and they looked up and it was coming through the light. And they were like, oh my God, there's a burst pipe or something. Jay's dad had been trying on his new suede shoes that they had been out buying so he took it upon himself to stand on a chair and take out the lampshade in their kitchen only to be completely covered head to toe in water by the water that I had flooded their bathroom with earlier that morning. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was more so I had to buy them flowers, you know, the whole the whole thing. They were they were amazing and really still laugh about it. But um, yeah, no, I wanted to die. I really wanted to die. <laughs> Jay's mum gave me a plastic glass to use at their house for years because I smashed so many of her glasses because I'm so clumsy. So once they kind of knew that about me, um, they just expect it from me. The house is really full of ornaments and stuff. Like, it's beautiful, but I'm, I'm just not built for it. I'm just so clumsy. <laughs> He thinks Pete saying that I was going to marry him before I'd even met him is a load of shit. <laughs> Becky always talks, and I'm sure she will, about how as soon as she'd see me, she knew. And I've told her this, that wasn't me, I didn't know. But it was just that real connection that you have in terms of having fun with someone, and that was what I was willing to explore more. I, I think he thinks I'm romanticising it, but I swear that's what he said, and it just kind of left me startled, you know? But I was, I was so annoyed when I met Jay, though, because... I was 20, I was literally living my best life. <laughs> like, it really annoyed me that I had met this amazing guy because once you meet the person that you're going to marry, you can't unmeet them. So I was, I was pretty pissed. <laughs> Equal Parts is produced by me, Maria Passium. Thanks to Audio Network for the music and to Becky and Jay for taking part. As always, there's a beautiful illustration to accompany this episode this time created by the amazing Herfa Thompson. You can find it and all of the others so far at equalpartspodcast.co.uk. If you're enjoying Equal Parts, please show your support by rating, reviewing, and most importantly, telling your friends about it. Next week, proof that spending hours watching your favourite cartoon over and over again isn't wasted time when it leads to matching with your significant other. We are, like, really big um, Simpsons lovers. So, like, every day... Um, for about two months after that, every time we met, he drew me a Simpsons character on the back of a menu, which I thought was really cute. 